Thank you for tuning in to Unity Fellowship Church. We would love for you to join us in worship at 3 this coming Sunday at 907 South Cedar Avenue in Elizabethton. We pray the message will help you with whatever battle or obstacle you may be facing today. Welcome Pastor Greg Wagner as he brings the word. John chapter 4 while you're turning. Uh, I want to say again, it's so good to have everybody out today. We still got some folks out for different reasons. want to keep all those that are out in prayer. I uh, want to say how much I appreciate everybody that came out and brought food and helped and worked uh, yesterday at our picnic. We had a good time, good food, good fellowship, good singing, and just just a time for us to come together and just fellowship. And I love that. There's nobody else I'd rather be with God's people. Uh, I got work folks that I really like and get along with, and I've got family members that I never see here. I might see in other places that I like to be around and get along with, but I like being with my church family. You're my family. And when I need something, you're who I come to. When I have good news, you're who I want to share it with. You're my family, and I love you. And I love being here with God's people. I want to say I'm sure everybody might know, but a couple of nights ago, for those that didn't, uh, we lost Sister Jackie Wiseman. She passed away, and she was such a friend of this church, a friend to everybody that knew her. And there's no worries there. <laughs> there's no worries. I told somebody yesterday morning when I heard the news, I said, I sure would like to trade places with her right now. I know she wouldn't. And she was a true saint and warrior and child and servant of God. And gave everything she had in her music and everything to the Lord. And I think it was Kevin yesterday that said it best. He said, somebody turned the page and found her name written down. And I guarantee you her name's written down. There ain't no doubt. And I know she's worshiping with God today. I know she's worshiping around the throne of God. But let's remember her husband, he's heartbroken. And her daughter and grandkids and family and sister Glenda, who's sung with them all of these years. And uh, it's kind of sad yesterday when she wrote something about her. She said uh, the, the book on Jackie's life has been closed and so has the book for the sounds of victory and that that cut me a little bit because there's such great people and i don't know how many years that we've been doing the harvest festival i know it's way up there 12 15 20 i don't know but from the get-go every year from the very beginning we had the sounds of victory with us and this will be the first year that we don't and uh, there'll always be a little void there because we didn't have them with us. But like I said, she's still singing. She's still worshiping. Amen. She's still rejoicing. She's just doing it in a glorified body now. Amen. And she's doing it with loved ones that have gone on before. And she's doing it in the presence of God. Woo. So I know we're going to miss her, but I sure don't feel bad for her. We need to celebrate our life. Amen. 
All right. Will you help me for the next few minutes as we uh, get into this service? John 4, 15. I'm going to read a scripture that I know we all know it. We, I mean, John 4, 5 through 15. We all know this, I'm sure. We all know it. We should. We've heard it. We've read it. We've studied it. We've heard it preached. But we'll see what God does for the next few minutes, okay? John 4 and 5, it says, Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus therefore being wearied with his journey sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water, and Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us that well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst but the water that I shall give him shall be in him, a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. We know that this is one of the first examples today of an outreach to a non-Jew, uh, an outreach of Christ. And we know in any kind of study or history that we do, we know that Samaria was low on the social scale. The Jews didn't have relations with the Samaritans. There was a reason that this woman was alone and was there, as the Bible tells us, the sixth hour of the day, which I think is around noon. There's a reason for that, and the reason is because everybody else goes early to get their water. They all go together and they always went in groups. This woman was there later and she was by herself. And the reason is, first of all, she not, was an outcast for more reasons than the fact that she was a Samaritan. She was an outcast because of other things. And Jesus didn't just happen to stop by there because he was thirsty. We know that, right? It just didn't so happen that the disciples were gone to run errands. That wasn't an, a, a, a coincidence either because there would have been a lot of contention and dissension and questions and if they had been there. Why are you doing this? Why you? They would have asked him the same questions that she did, which was, why are you having dealings with me? Even Jesus, who him was, the disciples questioned him a lot. It took him a lot of times he had to break it down and explain it to him, right? But 
Just like any true, perfect, beautiful, and intimate encounter with Jesus, it's one-on-one. -on -one. One amen. A true and perfect, intimate encounter with Jesus is always one-on-one. -on -one. He preached to the masses. He preached to the multitudes. He had his groups where he would have small groups, large groups. But a relationship, a true relationship with Christ is always one-on-one. -on -one. I can't go to heaven for you. You can't go for me. We can't help. I mean, we can't stand for one another. I can't go because of who my grandfather was. I can't go for this, that. I have to get into that relationship with him myself. And I don't want to, I'm going to sidetrack here a little bit. Is that okay? I don't want to do it because I'm obligated. If you do, so be it, but there's more, there's more for you. I don't want to do it because that's what everybody else does. I don't want to do it because, well, if I don't, if I don't want to go to hell, I better. Amen? I don't want to do it to put some kind of a show in front of people. I want to do it. I want that relationship with Christ because I love Him. And I love Him because He first loved me. I'm unlovable. Y'all find that hard to believe, don't you? I'm unlovable to the core, but He loved me. I'm irredeemable, but He redeemed me. And whatever we do, it should never be, oh, well, i got to go to church. Oh, well, i got to pray. Oh, I've got to read my Bible. I haven't read. No. Why do we do stuff for our children and our spouses and our parents? We do it because we love them. And we do it. And I've always thought that growing up, you know, when, when my parents would do something for me or do something, even as an adult, if they would do stuff to help us or whatever, and I'm like, you know, I'd feel like, oh, man, I, I just, I, I don't get it. But then when you're able to do that for your kids or for your neighbor or for your friend or a family member, then you realize I'm doing this with no, I'll get back on track in a minute. I'm doing this with no ulterior motive. I'm not doing it because I want something back. I'm not doing it as an investment. I'm not doing it for equity. I'm just doing it because I love them. And that's what he does for us. He does what he does because he loves us. Ain't that beautiful? And here's a woman that probably felt like nobody loved her at that moment. Here's a woman that knew that other people looked down on her. And she accepted that. She was okay with that because that's what society had dictated to her. There's another message right there. Thank you, Lord, and help me as I go in these directions. She's like, what are you, you're not supposed to have dealings with me because you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. She accepted the fact that other people thought less of her. Boy, it's quiet in here. That they look down on her. And she had been doing something. We don't know how old she was. But she had been doing something that she probably did over and over and over every day. Now, there's some things here referenced. This is referenced as Jacob's well. 
in the scripture that he had given to Joseph. This was 1,700 years earlier. That well had been dug. Jacob was there. He's way back in the front of the Old Testament. You read about Jacob in Genesis. Now here we are in the time of Jesus. Right around 1,700 years. And for 1,700 years, people had been going every single day over and over and over doing the same thing. And the next day, guess what? They had to go do it again. Why? Because they were thirsty again. I don't know how old this woman was or how long she'd been doing it, but I'm confident this wasn't the first time that she had been to that well. Day after day after day, she was doing the same thing over and over and over and getting the same results over and over and over. And no matter how much water she had drawn from that well, the next day she was thirsty again. Amen. So now let's talk about this encounter. She just happened to run across Jesus. Oh, he could have showed up at 2 o'clock. He could have been there at 4 o'clock. He could have been there at 6 o'clock. He could have been there that morning when there's a lot of folks there. It just so happened that he came along right when she was there. Because at that moment, she needed something more than what she was pulling out of that well. Now think about this. He obviously didn't reveal himself to her at first. He asked her for something. And she questioned that. Well, how are you going to get water? And she drew for him. But she went back to the same well every single day. Do you know we do that same thing a lot of times? So if we're drawing from a well every day, what kind of water are we pulling out of that well? Amen? Because did, did Jesus not reference on later when he said in, a, in other places, out of your belly shall flow wells of living water. So there's a well inside of us that we have to draw from. Yes. Amen? Yes. Come on. Hey, say something and I might get done quicker. We're drawing from a well. Every one of us. And we're drawing from that well every single day. Over and over and over. So what are we drawing? Now verse 12 here tells us. It says, art thou greater? She was questioning his authority. Because she had no idea who he was. Right? 
She said in 11, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. The well's deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? What are you talking about? Are thou greater than our father Jacob? So there we know that she references Jacob, which gave us this well and drank there of himself and his children and his cattle. So his cattle drank from that well. Mingled water. Men, women, and animals. It was mingled. Not clean. When they pulled it out and started giving it to the cattle, that water becomes dirty because of who they're giving it to. Hang on with me. So when, what, what are you drawing out of your well today? Is your water polluted or corrupted or dirty or mingled? Or are you drawing pure living water from the source, which is Jesus Christ? He was offering her water that was different than what she was used to. Help me somebody. She was drawing water. He was offering her water different than what she was used to. Because what she was used to getting was not enough to satisfy her. It might satisfy her flesh for a minute. But it could never satisfy her soul. And the water that we're drawing from this world might satisfy our flesh for a minute. The water that you pull from these wells that you don't know where it's coming from might satisfy our flesh for a minute, but it will never satisfy your soul. That's water that is corrupt and tainted and mingled. It is dirty water. Woo. Some of us, y'all better hold on to your seat right here. Some of us, that water that we draw from the well is salt water. Salty water. Do you know that we can't live on salt water? If you don't believe me, go get you a big glass of salt water and take it, try to drink it down. Our body is not equipped for that. Amen? James 3 and 11 says, Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? We can't live with salt water. Animals can't live. Land animals can't live with salt water. But so often, that's what we're drawing from our well. Salty Water. Bitter. You can't have sweet and bitter. What I mean is arguments, fights, all of this other stuff, different things, bad language, bad attitudes, uh, the way we treat people. You can't love up on this one and shun this one. You can't, I love Jesus and cause dissension everywhere you go. You can't say I've got the victory and talk defeat. Everywhere you go. Because what you're doing is you're going back to that same well day after day after day after day. And all you're doing is pulling out salty water. Dirty water. What am I saying? I'm saying when we have that true experience with Jesus... 
we'll start drawing from a different well. well let me rephrase. We'll start drawing a different water. We'll start drawing a different water. This is for church folks today. We need to hear this. We need to know it. We need to understand it. Amen. We need to know what we're pulling. We are a well. And we draw the same thing. Have you ever noticed that some people never change? Day after day after day. They're still pulling water. But it's not satisfying them. You know why? Because they have not had that encounter with Jesus. Because let me tell you, when you truly have an encounter with Jesus, you're going to know it. And some things are going to change. If they don't, you didn't have a true encounter with Him. Because when Jesus came by people, they were changed. Amen. They were different. When He passed by the sick, they became healed. When He passed by the blind, they became they were able to see. When He passed by the demon-possessed, they were delivered. Amen. When Jesus came by, when you have an encounter with Him, him, when he passed by the waters, they calmed down. You will be changed. Help me, Lord. We can't have it mingled. And you keep pulling that salty water up long enough. You drink, you drink dirty water that's full of parasites and things like that. What will it do to your body eventually? You drink that salt water long enough what's it going to do to your body eventually you keep drinking that water spiritually and what's it going to do to you eventually Amen. you're going to die spiritually good people drinking bad water I like that when he said I will give you living water Amen. Amen. some of us that well's dammed up or dried up now think about what he said when he said, Out of your belly shall flow living water. But a lot of us, we've been going to that well. We're not pulling up dirty water. We're not pulling up salt water. We're pulling up dust. We're pulling up dirt. Why? Because way on back somewhere... We let the well go dry. It's dammed up. It's stopped. Where does that come from? It comes from us. Because if we are encountered with Christ, He said, out of your belly will flow rivers, will flow rivers of living water. Flow means a constant process, moving Moving through you. It never stops. It can't dry up because it never stops. If you've got the true water flowing from you, it will not dry up or dam up. Amen? Is our water clean and clear and pure today like a mountain stream where it's not tainted or polluted? I've been there before when I worked years ago on a delivery team and we would go way up in some of these mountains and these beautiful streams and brooks would come flowing out of the tops of the mountains and you didn't have no problem sticking your face in there on a hot day and taking a drink because you know that water 
was undefiled. It was pure and clear. And it was coming down from a higher source. Amen? Now when that water sometimes gets lower. Now there's a lot of little creeks around town I wouldn't go. Or lakes or rivers. That I wasn't about to go stick my face in and pull a drink. Amen? But when those are coming from a higher source. And you know that they're not corrupt or polluted. And you can drink from that. That's clear, clean, pure water. That water brings healing. That water brings deliverance. That water brings renewal and restoration. But what we've got to do is stop going back to the same wells over and over and drawing the same water and expecting to be satisfied. Amen. I said we can't keep drawing water over and over, going back to the same things and expect to be satisfied. Christians, we got to quit going through the motions. We got to quit going through the routine. We got to quit doing the ABC that we do every single day. And when we're not getting results, we're not getting satisfied. Maybe we need to draw something different. Come on. As a lot of times, it gets, even, even Christianity to us sometimes, it, it, it gets mundane. We get in a rut. I'm not saying we should, I'm saying we do. Because we go through the form. We go through the process. We go through the traditional things. Listen, God is not a God of formality. Do you realize that He healed different people different ways? You understand that? Do you realize that He healed a centurion servant without even seeing him? Do you realize that He healed a blind man by making mud and rubbing it in his eyes? Amen? Do you realize that He brought Lazarus from the dead just by speaking it? Do you realize that He really never healed people the same way? Why? Because there was no form and fashion in it. It's not in the act. It's not in the work. It's not in the process. It's not in the procedure. It's in the faith in an almighty God. It's in trusting and believing God the Father that He will do it. Amen. Because if we made a routine out of it, everybody would try to do it. Amen. There's those that mimic it. There's those that want to try to imitate it. But you cannot duplicate the power of God. It comes through faith. Amen. And she could go to that well every day till the day she died. And she would have never changed. But when she started drawing from a different well. She started drawing different water. When she encountered a different person. Amen. She had no idea who he was. But she was about to find out. He started revealing to her who he was. Amen. Now listen to this. You know the rest of the story, right? As I said, I think there was more than one reason why she was going up there by herself. Not only was she a Samaritan and not accepted socially, but she, was also, she also didn't have the greatest reputation. So I'm thinking not only was she kind of ostracized from the Jews, probably she was kind of cast out from the other Samaritans too. I mean, I don't know. 
Because he said, go call thy husband and come hither. And the woman answered and said, at least she was honest. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said, thou hast well said I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands. And he who thou not hast is not thy husband, in that sayest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Oh, he's more than a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is a place where men ought to worship? Jesus said, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when you neither shall in this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. He goes on down and talks about other things. And she said, The woman saith unto him, I know the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he's come, he will tell us all things. She heard, but she had no idea that he was right there. But she opened her, her eyes were open. He said, I that speak unto them, he. And then the disciples showed up. And she started to understand. I've heard of Jesus. I know he's coming. I know he's going to change people. I know he tells people things that they don't know or others don't. That's what he's doing to me. But here's the beauty of it. She was an outcast to the Jews. She was an outcast to the Samaritans. She was already judged, sentenced, and condemned by the world. She was a lost cause. But when Jesus came by, he didn't look at, he knew what she had done. He just didn't look at it. Because he said, I'm offering you something better. Amen? Now obviously there was something other than water I'm going I'm to tiptoe right here, okay? There was something other than water that she was looking for to satisfy her flesh. You can read between the lines, right? But Jesus was going to offer her something that would replace that. Here's what you need. You can do all these things to try to satisfy your flesh, but I'm giving you something that will satisfy your spirit because the flesh will fade away. The things of the flesh will go away. The things of the flesh will pass by. But what is done to satisfy and redeem the spirit will be done for eternity. So you can satisfy the flesh any way you want. It's not going to help. Here's something better. And when she realized that, when she saw that, she started telling people, look, what, look who I met. Look what God done. Look who I encountered. And she, was, she wasn't hiding from people anymore. She wasn't trying to distance herself from people anymore. Amen? Now she was ready to tell people, Look what the Lord has done for me. I might have went up there of one person, but I came back another. I might have went with a reputation. I might have went with no hope. I might have went with an empty bucket. But I came back a different person because I came in contact with the man who was able to change me. Amen. The disciples didn't understand it. At first she didn't understand it. I guarantee you when she went back in town, none of them understood it. But she knew when she encountered Jesus that she was not the same person anymore. She still had the same well, but she was drawing different water. Amen. Praise the Lord. She was drawing from the same well. But she was drawing different water. Listen. Some of us do the same thing 
day after day after day. We keep going back to the well. Habits, addictions, drugs, medications, attitudes, grudges, gossiping, anger, secret sins. We keep going. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about Christians. We keep going back to the well. Day after day after day and pulling the same thing out. It's time for us to start breaking free of some things. It's time for us to start pulling some new water out. You truly want to change? I'm happy I'm saved. I'm happy to know that the Lord... I'm happy to know He's called my name. But I'm not satisfied with where I'm at. Because I feel a lot of times I do the same thing. I'm going through the same thing day after day after day after day. It's time all of us, from the pulpit to the pew, from the porch to the altar, from the left to the right, man, woman, boy and girl, young and old, rich or poor, it's time that we start making some changes and doing some things different. It's time we need to come back and encounter Jesus one more time. Get in contact with Him. Let Him pour living water through us. Let our well spring forth. Let it become unblocked and undamned. Let it be filled with living water that's clean, pure, and pristine that will flow through us and not only will it change who we are but maybe somebody will come by our well wanting a drink. What? Think about that now. Help me Lord. Thank you for this. I preached all service about what kind of water we're drinking from our well. What kind of water are we offering somebody else? Amen? Yeah, I, I'm this in the church, and I'm this, and I'm this, and I've been saved this long, and I carry my Bible everywhere I go, and I sing in the choir, and I testify, and I do this and that and the other. And then you got people out there saying, if they're Christians, if they do all these things, what do we hear a lot of times? I don't want no part of it. You know why? Because not only are we drinking polluted and salty water, we're offering that to somebody else. Hey, here you go, Christianity, religion, denomination. Here you go, take a drink. And when they take a drink, it's like they suck the lemon. Why? Because we've got to make changes ourselves. We've got to draw from the living well. I hope this is all right. It has to continue to flow. And when the living water starts to flow, then a lot of other stuff starts flowing with it. Healings. Healings. Blessings. Anointings. Callings. Gifts. Fruits. All of that will start flowing too. And the beauty is eventually all wells probably dry up. We see rivers now drying up. Ponds, streams, everywhere you look and see, they're drying up. You know the beauty of this well? It will never run dry. It will never run dry. I want that living water to flow through me. What about you? I don't want to have to thirst 
again. What about you? I don't want to go through the same thing over and over and over. I'm tired of the same old, same old. I'm tired of waking up in the morning and saying, well, Lord, is this going to be a good day or a bad day? I'm going to start saying, this is the day that the Lord has made. And I'm going to rejoice in it. Because He's made us more than conquerors over the enemy. He's made us conquerors over death, hell, and the grave. He's made us conquerors over sin. He's made us conquerors over sickness. We just got to start drinking that water. A lot of people are drinking the Kool-Aid. We need to drink the living water. He saved us. We have had... Do you realize this? If you profess today to be saved, and I'm getting ready to finish. If you profess today to be saved, you've had that one-on-one encounter with Jesus. Just like she did. They could come on the music and get a song ready. And a lot of us might have had the exact same encounter. He came by, he introduced himself, he started speaking. But we didn't recognize who he was. Now some people did, they know when that conviction hits. Especially people that's been in church their whole life and things like that. We understood. But there's a lot of people when Jesus came and encountered them, they didn't know who he was. But when he started offering them that living water, when he started speaking to them and telling them things, each one of us, one way or another, has had an encounter with him where he came and he introduced himself to us. I'm glad to know that I'm drinking from that living water. What about you? Amen? I'm glad to know today. That that living water can flow through me. What are we doing? What are we doing to make sure we get out of the rut? Get out of the routine? Every day is fresh and new. Every day we're transformed. Every day we're renewed. Our minds, our spirit is transformed every single day. It's fresh and new. Every day, get out of the rut, get out of the routine, quit going to the dried up and the polluted well day after day after day. I want the Spirit to abide, and I want living water. What about you? Amen.